You know, when Pastor was saying that, you know, um, we're going to have a training doing evangelism. I thought it was just a training here at church, right? So it was kind of like, okay. And then Pastor um, David goes, oh, yeah. And in a few minutes, we're going to be going house to house. I was like, oh, house to house. Oh, my gosh. I haven't done that. Evangelism to us has always been a little bit of a challenge. We did not really have a um, system for evangelism uh, or even a structure. We were a little nervous. Both of us had never, had never really done anything like this. Not really was I a door-to-door, not door-to-door person. To tell you the truth, I was going to go home and come back later. I really was. We had gone out in twos, and my partner uh, and I had come across a, a woman who was actually watering her front lawn. So we walked and approached her and asked her uh, if we could pray for her. She was extremely uh, receptive and happy that somebody would even take the time to do so. One house, we told him, hey, uh, we're here in the neighborhood and we're praying for this community. And we were here to find out if there's something we can pray for you today. And he, you know, hesitated a little bit. And then he opened the door and let us, you know, touch him and prayed for him. And that was really awesome. We didn't have an opportunity to pray for anybody until the last house. A gentleman named Earl answered. And we said, um, hi, Earl, we want to let you know that you are awesome, that God thinks that you are awesome. If there's anything on your mind or your heart that you would like us to pray about, we'd like to pray with you. With the approach of prayer, people just seem to be very disarmed and more, more open, and receptive. I've already seen some confidence that now they can do this, and I'm encouraging them to um, really influence the people in the, their circle of influence just simply represent in love and in thoughtfulness and in approach. We have a responsibility to our, especially to our family, to our neighbors and our community that we need to share. I look forward to going out again to be able to pray for them. And I think if you just give it a shot, try it once, I think you, you too will just find this just a, a freedom to share. Well, amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it on this snowy, icy day. Uh, it's good to, that we can stay indoors and, and enjoy being together uh, today um, as we worship the Lord um, uh, in this uh, universal uh, way that we can do it uh, remotely and, uh, and virtually. So I hope you're having a a good day and you're staying safe and staying warm. Uh, wasn't that a great video? Uh, just to watch these people that um, had really had no experience with uh, witnessing and, and the pastor would uh, lead them to go out, you know, door to door. And and, uh, and these people had, you know, some fears and some concerns, of course, but they came back with such great stories. And uh, uh, it just is inspiring to me to see uh, people uh, that maybe uh, had some fear at first and then went out and, and witnessed and had some great stories because it's really the bottom line is this because Jesus is worth sharing. He, he's worth, uh, telling people about. So uh, I'm so thankful though that when Jesus, uh, uh, sends us out, he isn't just 
leave us to our own devices and um, uh, and say that we need just to share them with others in the way that uh, we just need to figure it out. He actually gave us a process. And uh, so we saw a couple of weeks ago where um, in church where we saw uh, Jesus actually going out of his way to speak to the Samaritan woman. And, and, uh, and, and then we saw last week how he uh, stepped into the boat that Simon Peter uh, owned and, and preached to the uh, crowd there. But then he also turned to Peter and gave him an invitation to say, let me make you fishers of men. And, and, and both of those lives that Jesus encountered were changed, revolutionized. Um, not just for them, but for really countless individuals and families and communities uh, for generations to follow as they both made a decision to, to follow Jesus. And so it's our turn uh, to follow Jesus uh, in our generation. And so the invitation is there that Jesus is extending to all of us today. But as, as we've seen over the last few weeks, how he's shown us his passion for souls, uh, which I hope that you and I are developing that as we go through this study here about what Jesus did to model for us. And then he also gave us a promise to, to never leave us, to, to equip us, to train us, to help us, to disciple us. He also, as we look at it today, we're going to see how he's given us uh, really a process, a step-by-step -step process as to what to do. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10, uh, if you have your Bibles. And we're going to start in verse one. And this is a story of Jesus sending out um, his followers. And they weren't the 12 disciples. They were actually 72 people that he sent out, 72. And he sent them out two by two. Uh, so we're going to see some nuts and bolts uh, process that Jesus uh, has given us in this story uh, to share the good news with others. So if you will, let's read along in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse one. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and don't greet anyone on the road. And when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter into a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. <clears throat> Would you bow your heads in prayer as we begin our time together today? <clears throat> Lord, we thank you today that we can come virtually around the uh, uh, around the uh, campfire of, of warming up to your word today. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us to lay aside all of our distractions and um, tune out all of that stuff for, for a while and uh, help us to really engage now with what your word says. Lord, open up our hearts to receive it and let our legs walk it out. Let our ears hear it, our hearts receive it, and our legs uh, and our lives walk this out. We invite you, Holy Spirit, into this time and we thank you for uh, illuminating your word to us. More than just it being um, informational today, let it be transformational to our lives and very practical as well. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, so as we look at these 72 people that Jesus sent out, we have to understand that they had no natural qualifications to do what they were setting out to do. But they did have an encounter with Jesus, just like the Samaritan woman and the uh, and Simon Peter did uh, last week. Uh, and, and as we saw last week, um, one encounter with Jesus is all that it takes. You know, as they spent time with Jesus, these 72 people that he sent out, and they learned his heart over a period of time, that really became their qualification to go out and share the good news. Jesus knew that he could be much more effective and impactful if he multiplied himself into others. And so he did. And then he sent them out. And uh, and he didn't send them out just um, without uh, a process. He actually gave them a simple process. There wasn't a willy-nilly sort of approach. It wasn't random. It wasn't a stab-in-the-dark approach. Jesus said, as you go, follow these practical steps. And by the way, I want you to notice that he didn't say, if you go. He said, as you go or when you go. And so it's an implication that he's saying to us, he understands that I've called you, so it's really not an option. I think too often we do consider Jesus' uh, command to us that we share the good news to others as an option, but it's not. We have to understand that we're his ambassadors and that we're representatives and uh, we should never consider an option what Jesus has clearly stated as a command. I mean, Mark 16, 15 says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That doesn't mean that we sell everything that we have and move to Africa or some other foreign country because our world is right here in our community. And so we're to go first in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. So we do have a responsibility and a command to go. It's not an option. In fact, it's not the great suggestion. We don't, it's not called the great suggestion. It's called the great commandment. And we are to simply go. And you may say something like, well, I can't, Pastor. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I don't know what to do. The Bible says in Philippians 14, 4, 13, that you and I can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And he also strengthens us. He, he equips us. He empowers us uh, as we go. Uh, so it's our job to go. And it's Jesus' job to equip. And through us, he releases authority to turn hearts to him and set the captives free. So, <clears throat> so as we, as we read in our text, Jesus sent out people two by two, but he also said that he's sending them out as lambs among wolves. And so the encouraging thing to that is it's not just the two people going, but Jesus as our good shepherd would also be going with them and keeping them. And so as we go, he's also going with us because sheep, or rather shepherds, watch over uh, the sheep. And so Jesus is watching over us as he sends us out. He's not just sending us out without any protection or covering. So wherever you and I go, he's with us. Isn't that good to know? And which, and that really means that you can, as you're going out and telling people about Jesus, um, you're, you're carrying his presence with you. Uh, into your into your neighborhood, into your workplace, into your schools, and really in a, into every situation that you encounter, you're taking Jesus with you, and He's going with you. So, what are the steps in this process? Listen, and I want you to write these down. If you if you got a pen, piece of paper, here's four steps that Jesus gave us in our in our text today. Step one: speak peace. Speak peace. Now, Jesus said the first thing that we should say to others when we see them is peace be to this house or peace be with you. We're speaking peace into, into their lives. 
In other words, in our interactions with others, uh, it should always be seasoned with peace, delivered with peace. We, we shouldn't confront people. We shouldn't argue with people. And whether it's in person, by the way, or whether it's online, which it's so easy to just be hateful and <clears throat> angry and all that in front of people, but more so online, <clears throat> we're to be gracious, N not confrontational, not angry, not ugly, but we're to be gracious, we're to be kind, we're to be loving. And, and, and in a word, we're to be Christ-like because Jesus was all of those things and is all of those things in and through us. So our gospel conversations with others should never be confrontational because you attract more people, as the old saying goes, with honey than you do with vinegar. So let's, man, let's be sweet, you know, Let, let's be let's be delicious, let's be nutritious, let's be attractive and, and not the kind of stuff that makes people uh, be repelled by, by, by Christ in us, but are attracted. Now, that doesn't mean that we're to be fake or syrupy. We're, we're still to be authentic. We're still to be real, but we need to stay loving. And so we speak peace. Um, folks, we got to understand that, especially in this day and age, where there's arguments that prevail all over the place, it's not about winning an argument, but it's about sowing a seed. I'll say that again. It's not about winning an argument, but it's about sowing a seed. Um, we can easily rabbit trail into arguments and uh, opinions about, about, about a variety of things. Uh, but, but as we counter, as I talked about last week in our time of fasting and prayer, as we counter the current culture with that's so argumentative and so angry and divisive and polarized right now, <clears throat> but we can counter the current culture and we can find ways to pivot to sharing the gospel. Let's do it with the vehicle of peace. Let's overlay it. Let's let it be saturated with peace. Let's start off and have a heart set of peace. Peace be with you. Peace, I pray to you. Peace, I speak over you. You see, only God can move the heart of a person. Uh, we sow the seed and God brings the harvest. I mean, we know that. Uh, people know uh, people know who you are and, and they, they're, they're sensing that sense of, of you're gonna be angry or if you're gonna be peaceful. But you know what? There's a lot of people that we know that are struggling right now in so many different ways. Uh, and, and, and all that's been going on in the last couple of years. Uh, so speaking peace into someone's turmoil Speaking peace into someone's stress and anxiety is really a welcome relief when you think about it to them. Uh, and it really, what it does is it creates an open door for the Holy Spirit to do his work. So let's, uh, let's let the Prince of Peace that's living inside of us bring peace uh, through us to others. Amen? Amen. So here's the second thing in our text uh, that he shows us as he instructed the 72. He's instructing us as well. Uh, step two is to prioritize relationships. I'll say it again, prioritize relationships. Now, Jesus told his disciples to remain in the same house. Don't go from house to house, but stay in the same house, eat their food, and be gracious. Be thankful. Welcome and receive all that they bless you with, that sort of thing. So don't be picky. Don't be hard to get along with, and don't be ugly and uh, ungrateful. Uh, you know, there's another old saying that says people don't know how much you, uh, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, so let's go back again a couple of weeks. The woman at the well experienced Jesus caring for her. Uh, last week we, we read that how, saw how Peter experienced Jesus caring for him. Uh, and really all through the gospels, Jesus modeled for us 
that in very tangible ways, how he cared for people. I mean, the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the sick, the, the casting out of the demons, the raising of the dead, just on and on and on. He showed how much he cared uh, for, for people. Um, his heart was so moved, in fact, the Bible describes with compassion, that countless times he went towards the people with the, the, the hurting people, the, the bound people, the needy people, the, the wandering and the broken people, he, he, he reached out to them with, with care because again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You see, Jesus was constantly making personal connections uh, with people and prioritizing relationships over what anyone could do for him. Think about what Jesus did. Jesus certainly had the connections. I mean, he was offered and had all kinds of opportunity to be a very powerful man on this earth <clears throat> as far as the world defines power. Uh, he could have leveraged any of those relationships for great wealth and power if he so chose, but he so chose not to because Jesus came to serve. He came not to be served, but to serve. He came to give, not to take. He came to be selfless, not be selfish. And he came to exalt his father and not himself. And again, he's our example. He modeled that for us to do the same. How, how are we doing with that, by the way? <clears throat> do you have a heart bent that says, hey, I want to be served. I want to take. I want to be selfish. I want to exalt myself. If, you, if you're leaning in that way, the Lord is speaking to us today to say, you know, that's not the best route to take. Uh, that's not the example that Jesus certainly modeled for us. Pray that God will help you. Pray the Holy Spirit will help you today to say, Lord, I want to be someone who serves, someone who gives, someone who is selfless, someone who exalts um, Jesus instead of myself. Uh, I want to be like you, Jesus. That's what Christian means anyway, is being like Christ. Um, you know, Jesus expects us to prioritize relationships as he did. He modeled that for us. Um, and so that should be our goal as well. Um, he emphasized how important it was in this process it was so important to him that he said, it's step two. So first off, you're speaking peace. Secondly, you're prioritizing uh, relationships. Uh, it, you know, it's hard to hug someone at a distance, isn't it? You know, and so he also used in his instructions the, the, the dinner table as an illustration. Uh, he, he got right to the heart of it, didn't he? he? I want you to think about this. The dinner table is a place where intimate community and personal connection takes place, at least it should be. Now, I, I laugh a lot and I find it kind of sad and amusing at the same time when Kelly and I go to restaurants and, and we're eating uh, and enjoying time together, I'll look out at a table, we will, and, and there's a family of four or six or two or three or whatever, and they're immediately on their, they're just looking at their phones and they're doing whatever they're doing, and, and they're just revolving themselves. The entire table is on their cell phones or their children are playing some sort of video game on some sort of device. I imagine maybe that same family watching TV uh, when they're eating as a family at home, or maybe they're even at different times without even sitting down. They're just kind of eating at different times, kind of like a buffet. Just come and get it whenever you're free. Let me just stop right here and say that if you have children at home, parents, <clears throat> why don't you try to maybe prioritize uh, keeping the cell phones and the video games away from the table, prioritize... Um, actually engaging in conversation and um, really using it as a time to be intimate with one another and relational intimacy and communication. Let that, let the dinner table be a time of really just enjoying one another again. And when you're at a restaurant, do the same thing. Dad, lead the way. Mom, dad, lead the way. And uh, 
uh, and, and pivot to that and, and see what happens because relationships are key to impacting people uh, with the love of Jesus. And parents, you have that opportunity to do that with your kids or your grandkids or whoever maybe you're eating with. Uh, put those devices aside and engage with people. Uh, you'll have plenty of time to catch up on the phones and uh, you know postings later on. Uh, but right now, as you're standing in front of someone, sitting in front of someone, um, spend time with them and, and be be fully present. How about it? Um, so as we connect with uh, with others, make sure that you're truly engaging in authentic relationship, uh, not for just what you can get out of them, but also who you can introduce them to, uh, which brings us to step three in Jesus' process that he gave to the 72, and that is to address brokenness. I'll say it again, address brokenness. Now, Jesus said, when you go into these towns as part of what you're doing, heal the sick who are there. Now, we must enter every conversation and every relationship that we have and pursue these things knowing that everyone has broken and hurting parts in their lives. In fact, I'll say for us here today, not one of us has a corner on the I'm good market. None of us are good. All of us are broken. All of us have hurts and struggles and situations. But God wants to use our brokenness to help others. Um, his plan is that through our willingness to be used uh, of him, that his healing, his wisdom, his peace, his hope uh, will pour out from our imperfect vessels into others. I want you to think about this just for a second. If a vessel in, in the physical standpoint, just imagine you're looking at some sort of vessel uh, that you're holding in front of you and it's broken. It's got a crack in it or some sort of something. Uh, when you imagine you try to fill it up with water, uh, if the crack is big enough, uh, there's going to be that water is going to come out of the vessel and it kind of makes that vessel kind of useless. And that's not really a good thing in the physical sense of having that sort of vessel. But uh, in spiritually being broken, it's essential. Uh, Jesus wants us to be like the woman who broke the valuable ointment and poured it out on the feet of Jesus. He wants us to be broken and spilled out for his glory. There's an old song that talks about that broken and spilled out uh, for, for the Savior uh, because Jesus was broken and spilled out for us. And again, he's our model. So if he did that for us, let's do that for others. Let's do that before others uh, because brokenness, what that does is it gives us authenticity, doesn't it? Um, it shows that we're real. It shows that we can relate. We're, we're relatable people. Uh, we're not by any means perfect, are we? We're all broken. And uh, uh, it, it, all of creation, in fact, including all of us here, are sick and broken, and we're yearning for a solution. And when you think about it, the solution that the world is looking for is actually inside of us. And his name, and, and his name is Jesus. And he's in the person of Jesus Christ, who through his brokenness, can and is making us whole. Praise God, aren't you thankful for that? And when you think about this, the ultimate brokenness in people's lives is the separation that all of mankind has uh, from a life-giving relationship uh, with God through Jesus Christ. Those who have not, what I'm gonna call pre-Christians, who have not received Jesus yet as their Lord and Savior, which brings us to our fourth point uh, where Jesus laid this out for the 72, and that is this that we are to proclaim the kingdom, proclaim the kingdom. Jesus told them to say, the kingdom of God has come near you. Now the kingdom of God is near everyone, but those who um, 
who've made the decision for Jesus, the kingdom of God has come. Now, I know it's hard sometimes to look past the hardened and challenging exteriors of people, isn't it? Uh, sometimes it's really hard to care for people, uh, but we must care. In fact, we care because God cares. Um, and we care enough to the point uh, to where we want to point people to the fact uh, that God's kingdom is near. Uh, all people have to do is open the door and uh, they'll also not just have a near experience, but they'll have a, a here experience for themselves. Just like uh, I would trust all of us have had that experience with Jesus as well. You know, proclaiming the kingdom of God is simply a matter of helping people take a deeper look at Jesus. It's, it's asking them to consider his offer of salvation, uh, of experiencing his care, of receiving his wisdom and peace. It's pointing people to Jesus. When we set out to engage in the process that Jesus laid out for us, our primary task is to help people see Jesus. So are people seeing Jesus through your life? If not, it's not too late to change, and we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us with that today. Uh, at the end of our time together, in just a few moments, we're going to pray. So um, just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to your heart now. Maybe he already is. Um, being a true disciple of Christ means that we're preparing a way for the gospel to reach each and every person so that they can hear the truth and have a chance to respond. So um, that's our goal. But so we ask the question, is there going to be opposition? Well, yeah, Jesus actually covered that in his uh, in his. Uh, instructions to these 72. Uh, Jesus said, There's, uh, I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. Uh, but whether or not reconciliation happens with these people that you share Jesus with is really not up to us. It's up to the Holy Spirit. So we, we have to know this, that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one who changes hearts. Outreach is not about the outcome, but it's about obedience to Christ's command to go. Every encounter we have, every seed we sow, good or bad, has the potential to bear fruit. So the outcome is entirely up to the Lord of the harvest, but nothing will happen without faithful laborers in the field. That's you and me. Jesus started this whole instruction to these 72 by saying <clears throat> that there is a great harvest, but the workers are spread very thin. So pray for workers and then stay faithful and do your part. We can't do God's part and God will not do our part. So let me just end with this. Luke chapter 10, verse one starts off by saying, after this, those two words, after this. And so I asked the question, after what? Well, after Jesus described the cost of being a disciple, if you read Luke chapter nine, you'll see that there's a cost and Jesus made it very clear. It takes effort to share Jesus. Uh, it takes effort to develop relationships. It takes effort to truly care. It takes effort and time to love people and care for them. I know that. I, I get it. Uh, but Jesus is saying, keep your hands to the plow. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. Follow me. That's what he's saying. And the cost is so worth it. I know there's a cost to pay, but the cost is worth it because the reward is souls for Jesus. And one day when you and I see him face to face, he's going to say some very powerful words to you and me as we're faithful. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys that I prepared for you. Oh, I long for those words and I can't wait to hear them. But I want to be faithful. I want to keep my hand at the plow. How about you? I want to do what he's called me to do. So it was after he called the people to prioritize his kingdom 
and uh, and to say that there's going to be a cost involved and and where to prioritize his righteousness and his kingdom first that he sent out these 72. So they must have, as he heard him, all signed on and said, let's do this. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm able. Through me, Jesus, you do it. Let's, let's make this happen. And then Jesus laid out this simple process that we just looked at, these four steps. Go to homes, speak peace, engage in relationship, address brokenness, and preach, preach the gospel. So let's be ready, willing, and able to do as these 72 did, because that was their time and that was their turn. And now it's our time and it's our turn. There's a field out there just waiting to be harvested, folks. Uh, so next week, we're going to conclude our time in this series by seeing those results. And they are very exciting results. We're actually going to come back and visit the results of these 72 people that went out as we conclude um, our, our series here. So, uh, but this week, as we close out here today, I, I want to I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to speak peace into others as we go about our day. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us to really care for others in the relationships that we have. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help address uh, their brokenness in tangible ways, and let's also uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help us to take take a deeper look at Jesus, uh, to help others to take take a deeper look at Jesus as we point others to him. Let's be like those 72 who prepared the way for the gospel to reach each and every person so that they could hear the good news and have a chance uh, to respond. Speak peace, prioritize relationships, address brokenness, and proclaim the kingdom. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me today? Father, we thank you for this day that you've made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's another day to serve you and to enjoy your blessings. But Lord, we also know that there's a there's a harvest out there. There's a field that is ripened to harvest and you're calling us as the laborers to do it. We know there's a cost to be counted and we've counted the cost and we're at a place where we want to say to you, Lord, uh, here am I, send me. Uh, won't you help me to be well, uh, ready, willing, and able to go out from my comfort zone, from my busyness, from my uh, from my place of routine and that I would go out as you've instructed the 72, you're instructing us here today to go out and speak peace, not confront people with the gospel uh, uh, and be hard about it, but be loving and authentic and kind and, and speak, uh, talk about you, Jesus, and speak peace over people. It's a very welcome, welcome invitation that people will embrace in this very divisive and polarized uh, time that we're in. Help us to speak peace, Holy Spirit. Show us what, those, what that looks like, that our words would be seasoned with peace and grace. And Father, help us also prioritize relationships, not for what they can do for us, but what we can do for them and who we can point them to, you, Lord Jesus. Help us to love on these people and to, uh, and to, and, and to sh- truly show how much we care. But Lord, also help us to, in those relationships, address their brokenness, Everybody's broken. Everybody's got issues. Help us, Father God, in big and small ways to reach out to these people in such a way where we're tangibly loving them and praying for them and, 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 and identifying and addressing their felt needs so that we can, uh, create an, an opening for us to do the last thing. And that is to proclaim Jesus. Uh, Lord, we know people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. So as we show that we care, then they'll care what we know and care that 
that Jesus, you are authentic and that you are the savior and that you are loving, that you can save them from their sins and restore them back to right relationship to God the Father. Lord, that's our goal and our desire. We wanna be like those 72. Lord, send us out now and as, as, as a lamb among, a lambs among the wolves and go with us, be with us, protect us, guide us and, uh, and speak through us uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this and we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. Um, there's a link that is uh, attached to the uh, to the comment section that I want you to listen to this song uh, that is so imp- uh, so relevant to today's message as you conclude this uh, this this time together uh, with me and with the rest of the congregation here at Faith. Um, and I just want to encourage you to listen to it and then pray over this again and and maybe let the Holy Spirit speak to you a little bit more as you are letting this get into your spirit. God bless you. Hopefully we'll see you next Sunday in person at Faith at 10 o'clock. Until then, stay safe and God bless you. Bye-bye.